Hello, and welcome to this episode of CFA Institute's Take 15 series. I'm Sam Lum, Director of Private Wealth and Capital Markets at CFA Institute. I'm joined here today at CFA Institute's Asia-Pacific Regional Office in Hong Kong by Dr. Giorgio Valente, Professor in Finance at the Essex Business School and founder of the Center for Asian Financial Studies at the University of Essex. Giorgio is currently in Hong Kong advising on research at the Hong Kong Monetary Authority. Our topic of discussion today is about recent trends in algorithmic trading and high-frequency trading and related developments in the Asia-Pacific. Giorgio, thanks for being here with us today. Thank you very much for having me. Before talking about recent trends and developments in the Asia-Pacific, perhaps it would be best to set the stage and review the historical backdrop a bit. How have algo trading and high-frequency trading been evolving over the years? Certainly. Uh, the algorithmic trading is an important phenomenon and was particularly important uh, uh, since the uh, late 1990s, where across different markets uh, uh, there was a, an, a development of uh, electronic communication networks. Uh, through which many players were able to access uh, uh, electronic and remotely all the books. Because of that reason, uh, there was an ideal environment for uh, uh, many players to develop uh, algorithmic trading strategies in order to access uh, order books and basically optimize their own uh, uh, tradings. So mostly uh, at the beginning, it was an equity uh, um, initiative where in large equity markets, especially in the United States, we have seen on the buy side many players to develop algorithmic trading strategies in order to reduce transaction costs and improve efficiency of their trading. Nevertheless, this specific trend migrated to different kind of markets, and we can see now that across different asset classes, the adoption of algorithmic trading is particularly large, ranging between 30% up to 70%, especially in large mature equity markets. Obviously, the evolution over the, 10, the past 10 years was important, and we can see that across different asset classes, we have a different kind of diverse environment that perhaps is important to to talk about because obviously in different markets we have a different degree of adoption and the players that are participating in those markets may be quite different. How about the fixed income and currency markets? What's been happening there? Effectively, foreign exchange markets and fixed income markets have been late movers compared to equity markets. Especially, the foreign exchange market was one of the uh, uh, recent markets that uh, experienced the large participation uh, of uh, algorithmic trading just because of the electronic communication networks were particularly well developed uh, in, uh, in, in the late, uh, I would say, 90s and then subsequently in the late 2000s. So what we see in the foreign exchange market, uh, since the market is largely fragmented and is particularly liquid, this, is, this represents a very ideal environment for algorithmic traders uh, to basically thrive uh, and, and profit. So recent estimates are telling us that uh, in most of the cases uh, uh, across different currencies, uh, it's possible to find a degree of adoption that uh, ranges between 25 and 30 percent. Um, generally, we can see that the effects on those markets is particularly substantial because uh, in all these markets, uh, we normally see that uh, the adoption of algorithmic trading and high-frequency trading is normally resulting in lower transaction costs and large volumes, and at the same time, in some cases, in a reduced volatility. 
fixed income marketing said uh, have been uh, uh, considered uh, some sort of late movers because comparatively speaking they're very similar to foreign exchange markets in terms of characteristics but nevertheless they haven't been uh, uh, experiencing the same growth that affected uh, foreign exchange markets Uh, the reason is probably historical because uh, foreign fixed income markets were actually characterized by a large degree of fragmentation and uh, the trading procedures and the trading protocols were actually different across different asset classes within the same market. So what we are experiencing now is uh, a large uh, adoption of uh, algorithmic trading that is uh, progressively increasing, although we can see that uh, the level of uh, penetration of algorithmic trading in fixed income market is still relatively low. So some estimates are now considering the possibility that the quotations in those markets are actually provided by algorithmic trading in the extent of 30 to 40%. But that percentage will go up by a large amount, especially if there will be some new developments across different asset classes within fixed income securities market. Algo and high-frequency trading activities in the Asia-Pacific have not kept pace with those in the U.S. and Europe. Though in Japan and Singapore, the exchanges have launched major initiatives recently. What is the outlook for algo and high-frequency trading in the Asia-Pacific? The Asian-Pacific market uh, actually looked at algorithmic trading relatively late. I would say that uh, the major movement uh, towards uh, the adoption of algorithmic trading started in mid-2000. And mostly it was associated with the infrastructure of the markets for a specific low-latency trading. That wasn't available until that time, but unfortunately, the boost towards algorithmic trading uh, in a substantial way within these markets was actually halted uh, during the financial crisis in 2009-2008. So what we see now is a sort of resurgence again of that trend, especially because if we compare more developed markets such as the European and North American, the Asian Pacific markets are indeed lagging behind in terms of uh, penetration and adoption of algorithmic traders. So what we see is uh, the, the market that is uh, resembling the closest, at least uh, compared to the European North American markets, is normally the Japanese market. Uh, we saw recently that in January 2010, uh, the Japanese market uh, uh, introduced the Arrowhead that was basically a specific platform for trading in equities. And after that, uh, in mid-2010, there was an introduction of KaiX Japan, which is a competing platform, a very high-frequency, low-latency platform, that uh, whose aim is actually to compete with the existing one in order to uh, you know, facilitate competition. So in that case, we know that our experience, uh, by looking at the existing data, algorithmic trade, trading is actually taking place uh, by a large extent, ranging percentages of adoption uh, between 20 and 30 percent. Singapore was uh, a late mover in that respect, but uh, at the beginning of the past year, they actually introduced uh, uh, SGX Reach, which is a platform uh, specifically suited uh, for trading uh, in derivatives, especially relative to equities. And, uh, but at the same time, the degree of adoption uh, within the Singapore equity market is relatively low. So we are expecting developments on that specific end. 
The rest of the Asia-Pacific is moving at different kind of speeds, I would say. Although we know that the Hong Kong market is particularly developed in that respect, the degree of adoption is not that high because probably of existing frictions uh, that are affecting uh, the way algorithmic traders are participating in the market. For example, the introduction and the existence of a, a stamp duty of 0.1% per transaction, which may to some extent curb the activity of algorithmic traders. At the same time, there are some improvements, especially towards the new Asian trading facilities that will be developed in the next couple of years. So it's likely that if this specific initiative will take place in a more coordinated way, there will be an ideal environment for traders to basically set up algorithmic trading strategies and access cross markets at the same time. That will be a very interesting initiative to look to, and at the same time, understanding how, for example, algorithmic players may actually participate within those markets. Well, how about the markets in China? Do you see the potential for algo and high-frequency trading to take off in a big way there? Uh, the Chinese market is somewhat idiosyncratic, I would say. Uh, although there is very much interest among market practitioners regarding the possibility of adopting algorithmic trading strategies in the Chinese equity market, we know that the level of penetration and adoption of algorithmic trading is relatively small. At the moment, uh, recent estimates are telling us that uh, they don't go any, any further than 1% of the total trading, which is a relatively small in number. But uh, we are expecting this value to actually go up by a, a large extent, reaching about 3-4% by the end of 2015. Nevertheless, it's important to emphasize that although there are opportunities there, the only way algorithmic trading can actually participate actively in the market is when the facilities and the, uh, trading architecture will be uh, established in a way that can facilitate uh, an environment for algorithm trading to thrive. The May 2010 flash crash has attracted much attention. How has this influenced the views of policymakers, regulators, and academic researchers? And what are currently the key policy and regulatory issues in algo and high-frequency trading? It is a matter of fact that uh, the May 2010 flash crash has affected the reputation of algorithmic traders uh, among, uh, I would say, market practitioners and the public opinion. Obviously, the possibility of realizing such large price volatility swings uh, made uh, you know, the regulators think twice about the real characteristics of algorithmic traders. Nevertheless, it's important to emphasize that, uh, in my personal opinion, the issue of the May 2010 uh, uh, flash crash is purely uh, an issue of operational risk because effectively the market actually was able to recover without any major, uh, I would say, downfall. Although, obviously, it created uh, some serious circumstances for the policymaker to think about. That's the reason why I think the most recent trends, uh, uh, especially at the level of policy uh, work, is to consider how to regulate uh, algorithmic traders and high-frequency traders. We need to emphasize that uh, academics are working towards it, and the recent evidence uh, that many academic works and studies have proposed normally emphasize that the algorithmic traders and high-frequency traders are normally providing benefits to the market in terms of lower transaction costs, improved liquidity, and reduced volatility. 
Nevertheless, there are issues associated with operational risks that we mentioned before that must be taken into account seriously. And I do believe that policymakers are actually taking this issue very seriously. If we look at the draft of the new MIFID II proposal, it's indeed looking at this aspect more specifically. Although it's very likely that uh, additional research is required, because uh, as we know, there is still uh, quite a large amount of issues that is unresolved and academic didn't provide any specific answer to it. Giorgio, thank you for sharing your thoughts on algo and high-frequency trading and the developments in the Asia-Pacific. Thank you very much for inviting me. And thank you for joining us for this episode of the CFA Institute Take 15 series. Copyright 2012 CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.